Passing Dimes is proud to welcome a new partner to the show, Momentum Pro Camps. Momentum Pro Camps runs volleyball camps across Ontario, bringing professional athletes, coaches, and resources to communities, clubs, and partners. Momentum's mission is to inspire and develop high performers for life, and they're doing just that. Unfortunately, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Momentum has suspended all programming until permitted by local public health recommendations. However, they have developed incredible future programming for athletes to benefit from and are excited to share it with all of you when we can play again. Follow us on social media at Momentum Pro Camps for updates and details on future programs or email us at contact at MomentumProCamps.com. Stay excellent, friends. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sharp Cuts. I'm Garrett May, along with Josh Nickel. As always, welcome to the show. With us today, we've got Logan Mend. Welcome to the show, Logan. First time on the show. We've had uh, a few great folks with us, but hopefully we're here to hear some interesting stuff from you. Let's get right into it, Josh, because we've got some stuff we want to talk about today. The Olympics is going on, obviously. have been following along. You see Team Canada is in it for the men's volleyball. Beach volleyball, our women into it, are into it. But Canada's starting off the tournament with two tough losses. And it started off some, some thought processes for us, Josh. A little bit of controversy, a little bit of discussion. What are we getting into? Well, I think it's, it's one, it's exciting that our sport is, is at a level where I think the community can be this critical because everybody's so invested. Like, that's maybe the good thing where... Wait, you know, are like people being Canada critical? I'm it. invested, Josh. Let's go, about. Oh. Let's get into it. So, I mean, Hockey Canada loses everybody and their their mother has an opinion about it. Where volleyball, it's kind of like, oh, like, we don't really know what's happening. Where this one, if you go to Volleyball Canada's Facebook page, Garrett, it is blowing up right now. I wish we could get this much comments on our stuff. So, basically, the debate, Garrett, that I'm I'm really invested in, and we got the two guys on the show to do it. Like, you and Logan can go at it here because you guys are, are recent athletes and understand the struggle. But, basically, people are reflecting on our talent ID system, our, our structure of play, our whole entire system, Garrett, because... We lost to Japan, and we looked it up before the show. Is their right side? They list him as six one, which probably means he's six. And he went off for like twenty three points. Uh, the other Japanese guy who had a great game, I think he had twenty two points. They list him as six three. And people are questioning, saying, "Why do we have all these Gronks on Team Canada? Why did club coaches only take big kids? Universities and colleges take big kids? Like, why, why is size such a big part of our talent ID and our process? Where we we lost to some mighty mites who can just ball out, right?" Yeah, I mean, hey, I, I love the discussion. I'm a little bit hesitant to kind of wade in there. I'm not quite ready to give my opinion yet. But yeah, that Nishida guy dominated. And viewers of Yes Guy Gaming, if you're a fan, you've seen we've been talking a lot about the Japanese system in my Q reaction videos, where it talks a lot about the Japanese culture around volleyball. So not going to say I have a ton of insight here, but there's some little insight just to the culture around it. But also that, yeah, height's just not a big thing there, and they don't give a what about that they're just trying to get the the job done logan i'm gonna get grill you right away buddy i'll get into it why why did team canada lose that game i think team canada lost that game because our our fundamentals weren't quite as crisp i think their offense is just tighter you know i, I mean, think they know that how, they that is to... i i would like to disagree with you i can't the japan was tight in that match they were very tight they they just coming in hot for this they know how to run a crisp and fast offense you know, that's that's their game. I mean, their right side has an 80-inch vertical. I think that really helps. You know, he puts the ball away. He's got a cannon of an arm. Uh, I don't know. As someone who's played against a Japanese club, I can definitely attest to 
the ridiculous ball control that they have and the type of offenses that they run is definitely different from the norm. It's fast. It's funky. They run random tandems. They run the libero comes in for a fake hit and you're like, what is happening? Like we played against, at, I played at York. We played against Budo. Crazy stuff happened. Their ball control is insane. And that's just a club. So you can imagine what it's like at the, at the international level for their, for their top guys that are just absolute, just cannons of guys that just right. fly all over the place. So, and they're fat I mean, athletic that players. I think though, when you think at volleyball, and I mean, th- those of us who think at it at high level, you think ball control and fundamentals really carry even at the highest levels. Maybe it doesn't look like that, but you know, your passing and your serving are really what gets, carries you through and what makes champions. So for sure. But I think, and I want to circle back to Josh, your point, you called team Canada full of a bunch of gronks. Like, what do you mean by that? Like I'm Gronkowski, like mouth that. breathers, like big dudes with like, is that what you're talking about? Cause I'm ready to get I on think, that train. I think people are questioning our talent ID model and Logan, you've, you've represented Canada on the beach. You, you've been deep, deep into tryouts on the indoor. I know you didn't get the nod, but you were like right in there with like some of the top setters in the country. Right. And then you went and played pro where I think Garrett, some people look at Gord and Mar and they see Shawan and they think like, Oh, you guys just care about size and you try to teach them volleyball versus there's this, this story that a lot of club coaches like to say, we're usually in club, like the six two, six foot guy is usually the best ball control guy, the best athlete on the team, but you don't really see them a lot at, at the U sport level. And you certainly don't see them at the international level, at least in the Canadian system right now. But, uh, but I would argue Garrett, yes, Japan balled out and they're awesome, but I think that's culturally what they need to do where in Canada, that's not the model we're trying to be. We're not trying to beat Japan for a medal because they're not meddling at the Olympics. We're trying to beat Brazil, the USA, Russia, like these types of teams. And if you look at them, they're ginormous. Like Matt Anderson is a, big dude who can ball right so i think that's the copycat model that maybe we're looking at is more the international footprint versus japan just culturally they know what they have and they have to have ball control they have to be athletic they have to do these things but maybe they don't have access to a steven Marr like we do right but that's the dumb piece josh that's the exact piece is if they don't have access to that and they're competing with less resources if you count height as a key resource to volleyball success with less of that they're doing more than us right now so what well, the hell is our excuse? Iran, so all our problems are solved, right? We, we three-donged them, so we beat Iran, so therefore we must be good again, right? Well, I don't know. Did Iran put a bunch of Gronks out there? Maybe they had the Gronkier Gronks than they Team Canada, Poland, and that's why we got the win. they beat Venezuela in the pool already. So if you beat Poland, therefore you're good, and we beat you, so now we're going to beat Poland. There, you heard it here first. We're going to beat Poland. Gold medal for Canada. That's coming. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Did you win the but... Olympics last night in pool play? <laughs> I think so. Well, you heard it here first, folks. I mean, write it down. Take it to your bookie. You can guarantee a win in the goal. Oh, wait. No, we're not ready. Okay. Yeah. Not quite ready to do that. For our listeners, Logan, you're a recent eSports grad. You played at York. You've been to the national team. You've been to Gatineau a lot. You would be 6'4", 6'5", right? 6'5", yeah. 6'5", like, are you average size as far as, like, players go? Like, when you walk into the Gatineau's gym, do you feel out of place? Do you feel tall? Do you feel small? I'd say I'm about average. I mean, for my position, I think I'm on the upper end. Um, but in terms of just the, the crowd, like, let's say there's 80 guys at a, at a national team tryout for like the junior team, I'd say I'm like, I feel right at home six, five. Cause I mean, obviously there's a fair amount of six, 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 seven guys, but I mean, most of the taller, taller guys are in the middle. And then on the, on the pins, you get more of the six, four to six, six range there it's pretty rare to be like oh there's a 69 right side or a 69 left side like typically i feel like our our pin hitters at those tryouts are typically like 63 to 66 or like there's some 62 guys sure yeah so you're well, no what do you mean some 62 guys there are 62 guys there 
when I was there trying out, I'm 6'3", and I'm looking up at everybody across the yeah. board. Like, I'm, I'm on the outside. I'm talking positional, right? Like, I think like, there's like a hand. I'm like lower end, but like there's tip. Yeah, it's 6'4 to 6'6, six, six, sure, for the for the outsides. Yeah, and it's been Japan's rocking a right side guy who's six one and a half. He's 186 centimeters. And this guy's balling. There's a video on YouTube of him ripping six aces in a row against Canada in 2018 or 19, just killing us. And this yeah, guy's how many, this guy's kind of tiny. How many Canadian guys are rolling in with 44 plus inch for like vertical jumps? Well, I mean that that's that's a great question too. I mean, is, this I, guy just... I don't think that many. I think if you, I think if you're six one and you're Canadian and you have an arm like that and a jump like that, I think you're I if you're good, you're good. You know what I mean? I think if you have that talent, you're going to get to where you need to get to. Like if Nishida was Canadian, I think he would be on the national team. If you have an arm like that and a jump like that, the program would be not smart to be like, oh, actually, we need someone who's 6'8". So that's the debate right now, Logan. That's the debate on Facebook is they don't think that kid plays on a top club. They don't think that kid goes to the provincial team and, and no matter where they're growing up. And they don't think that kid gets on a good U sports team because a lot of coaches would go, yeah, he's good, but tiebreaker. Or I have this Gronk. I need a better term, Gary. But I have this 6'6 six, six guy who we're going to think. Goon. I like, like Goon. They think the model the model is failing the 6'1 kids because we have we have some 6'1 and 6'2 guys who can play volleyball. It's just the the system doesn't let them progress up the pathways is maybe the argument a lot of club coaches and even high school coaches are making. I agree, and I think that even seeps into the culture of it too. Not only this model is kind of doing that to us here. It's actually when you're when you talk to those kids who are pretty good but a little bit short, they're going, "No, I I can't make it. I'm too short." Right? Like it's not even an option for me. Where it's like, "Well, hold on. Like you you totally could. Like there's no reason why you couldn't other than well." I don't know. Maybe that guy has an advantage because he's bigger. I think bigger is such the eye test, right? Like to Logan's point, we're talking about jumps. So like with our national team, there's physical testing, including the carding thing. But really, we're looking at like, can you play above the height of the net? Like you can be tall and not jump. Like so, your 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 reach, your block touch, your spike touch, it wouldn't be that good. We're not just like looking for like six foot eight guys and teaching them volleyball. Like how much can you play above the net? And and you're mentioning his vertical, Logan. Like obviously he's above the height of the net. He can hit angles. He can hit with pace. Like he probably has vision, so he can play volleyball. But I think some people are arguing that like if he walks into a, a York University tryout, is he going to get spotted? Well, I mean, I didn't. I haven't seen footage of Nishida from when he was a university age. Uh, it wasn't that so, long ago. He's still quite young. <laughs> exactly. So I. <laughs> but uh, is he the outlier? I don't know. A hundred percent, Nishida would get picked up by a university team. It like it. That kind of talent doesn't. It's not like there's like hundreds or uh, hundreds of these kids who are six one that are playing volleyball in Canada that are that physically gifted that we're just like. Oh yeah, you're a phenom, but sorry, you don't meet the height requirement. Like, no, yeah, we do no... that. We literally yeah. do that. We have a program that does that. But you think that there's that many six-one kids out there that are freaks in Canada that are getting shut down? That are being like, oh, you can be a libero and that's it. No, and not many maybe freaks. Never brought it up, like Tahid at your school. Like, how much? I don't. We, I didn't talk to him about his recruiting process. Do you think like he was heavily recruited? Because that guy can play, but he's visibly undersized, right? Yeah, Tahid's a baller. Um, I don't know if he was heavily recruited recruited to other places. Um, I can't speak to that. I don't know. Yeah, but, when we, yeah, we have a program called Tall Maples that takes young kids who are big and gives them extra training, extra resources, extra growth because yes, they're big only. There's a height requirement. 
can't teach height. Well, okay, which side are you on then, Logan? You're telling me talent <laughs> travels, but you can't uh -huh. teach height. Well, which is it, bud? Logan's having sharp cuts with himself. He's the greatest guest <laughs> he's ever had. Okay. No, I think you're misunderstanding where my where my Maybe uh, I am. It sounds like you're riding the but, fence, bud. Okay, so I'm I'm saying that there is something to be said like for for Japan and having the like I'm saying that Nishida would be fine in Canada cuz he's insane. But what I'm saying with the Canadian system is like I've always been told that I like my dad was a coach for years. You can't teach height. Okay? So that's a if you if you're tall and you're young you're moldable. As long as you're coachable, you can have a good trajectory. Okay. Uh, where I think that maybe Canada lacks in comparison to Japan is how we coach and how we develop young players. Yeah. I think we definitely have more resources in terms of height. Okay. But I don't think that we're utilizing uh, our our development system okay. as much as we can. So let me get this straight then. You actually agree that you can't teach height, the fundamental, hey, height helps you in volleyball, take it where you can, teach them to be great, but it's our culture around the sport and the training and discipline that Japan is actually far better than us in. Yes. Okay, well, that, I think that's a fair point, and I, I, don't, I don't think I agree, but I think it's a fair point. That, yeah, I think when you look at their culture and just the discipline and the commitment that they have in terms of the technical aspects of the game, like, it's obvious. Like, you're seeing guys run out, hitting a pipe on two ball, then setting a ball outside to a left side guy. Who's there waiting for it, pounding it down? It's smooth as butter, like, at the highest levels, right? Like, yeah. you're seeing that. But I will say this, and I think this is a good example because Canada and Japan have two young, physical right side players. We have Shawan Vernon Evans. And they have Yuji Nishida, right? So Yuji yeah. Nishida is a star, but they're about the same age. In Canada, you go and you play university. I mean, Sherwan did not do that. He went right to the national team. Why? He's unproven. He's only ever played club. He never played pro. He went right there and got the job, and he's getting the job done. He's getting the opportunity. Nishida, potentially the same thing. If Nishida was in Canada, it'd be like, nah. You're going to university, go through the motions, figure it out. We don't care how good you are. We're not giving you this opportunity because you're not tall. Like, I don't see how that would play out in Canada in any other way. I don't disagree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> like that, yeah. But, I mean, how many, how many guys that age come along that are just automatically ready for the national team? It doesn't happen every year. Like, Lepke, after a couple of years at Trinity, was there. You know, Shawan was apparently ready right off the bat. And he has had, like, he's been playing in, in Europe and, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but it's, but how often does that happen? No, like, I'm not saying don't take Shawan. Like, if yeah. Shawan's big, physical, and can do the job, get him in there. Like, I'm not saying okay. don't do that. But yeah. what I am saying is that, Nishida would either be five or seven years down the road in Canada, may not even get the sniff, right? Whereas there, they're saying, hey, we're, we're looking for something different. And I, I'd be really curious to see what it is they're looking for. Like, how do they evaluate? Because for us, like I've been a part of that national team evaluation process. They're statting everything I'm doing. Like they, they submit a report at the end of the nationals in my last year where all the Canadian university athletes are there. And like my hitting percentage is, 
like, you know, in the top 20 of guys, but maybe 15 to 20. My passing rate was like a 2.2, which was well below some of the top 15 passers in the tournament. Yet we were in the final. We did a two-man pass. I got set 50 balls a match. So, like, how are we... We're obviously looking for something different. I mean, how it works out, I mean, hey, Canada's not doing that bad. Let's not blow the roof off this thing. But they seem to have an advantage in finding things that can do, give them that, where we may be missing that. Yeah. Um, Josh, you got anything to say, or are you just riding the fence, too? No, absolutely. Like, I think there's a saying that goes with that, Garrett. Like, I think you, you start to see what you're looking for, right? So I think the, the talent ID process maybe values certain things where... Uh, a Garrett May, a six foot three guy who wins and scores and gets fifty matches or fifty balls a match, maybe he doesn't show as well as like who was in your cycle. Like Riley Barnes, I'm sure looked good to the national team, right? Like I'm trying to think who yeah. else in your cycle would have played. No, for I mean, DC he right won. After, like, they won. They beat yeah. us. So like that's, I mean, he's a bad, maybe a bad example. But Nick Del Bianco, who's a great <laughs> oh, guy, yeah. love him. Oh, yeah. He's my partner, great athlete, and he and I were probably as good as each other, if not, you know, jockeying. But he looked way better on the stats even though we beat them in the first round, right? So, like, you know, exactly. what, what are you and finding out of the Logan, data? Logan, you would never say this. Logan, you would never say this, so I'll say it for you. Byron Kaker Addicts is a very good volleyball player, but I'm starting to question his ability to set the ball. He can serve really Who? well. He's a great blocker. But can he set the ball consistently? Byron, he won a national championship with UBC, good setter. But he goes to this tryout, and he looks ginormous. He looks the part. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But I'm hearing, and I won't reveal my sources because then I won't be my sources anymore. Can he set the same ball three times in a row? I'm hearing no. Who the hell like, is this guy? Is this a national team guy? You don't know he's Byron? He's in the program. He's no. Byron's been in the program since I was trying to get in the program. Like, we were the same same year. Uh, he was the UBC setter. He's just big? He's He's six. probably never coming on the show now that I softly called him out. But he's a big dude. He's six seven. He jumps high. He's long. He's lanky. He's strong. He's got a wicked serve, wicked block, wicked hit. He'd be a great right side, uh, like beast of a. I, I, I honestly see I, now we got to we got to fluff him up a bit now that Josh stripped him a little bit. Yeah, to be honest, but I was let me to... bury him again, Garrett. He goes overseas <laughs> and you're the international setter, and on the depth chart you end up as the third guy, but you're the import. How are you the import and you drop on the depth chart? There's got to be something they don't there do that that he can't play volleyball. Well, I think it's tough when your first year's in France, which is a very fast-paced technical league. No, I no, think. no, so no, no, you signed you're that deal. What are you talking about? You made the team. Tough in France. Go to another league. Like, what? No. What are you talking about? Technical, Logan. Where can he play that's not technical? I don't know, man. I <laughs> No, this is this is the thing though. He's big. He's long. He's physical. Oh, he can hit. It's like we like that, right? Which is fine. It does do well. You see some teams who got the big unit at the setter position who are just physical. Like uh, what's the U.S.'s setter? He's fantastic. Mike, uh, so he's a big body though. Like he looks. If you could make a setter in a lab, Micah Christensen is that guy. Yeah, Micah Christensen. He's fantastic. Love that guy. Great highlights, but also helps his team win. Fantastic. But like he's just a winner. Right. He gets the job done. That's what you, I feel like you got to well, want. I don't want a national title. We should take him. <laughs> how do you how do you evaluate that though if you don't just take the setter from the the team who won? Like we're missing a pe- a big piece there, I think. Where is Ben Ball when you need him? That's you what know? I'm saying. I can sling it. 
he Ben Ball can sling the ball like a legendary setter at university level in Canada history national champion. I think he got injured and I think struggled with that, but still, like that—that's the type of person you go. Okay, well, what the hell are we doing here? Like before me, it was a big thing. I'd be on my lunch hour and I'd be like, I want to watch video. I would type in Ben Ball's highlight tape because it was yeah. awesome. Like Benjo, I think was putting it up on YouTube. It was so crisp. Like, well, I, I, I liked, I got to refrain hour. from really hyping Trinity guys too much on the show. I got to rein that back a little bit because uh, I don't know. It's just a lot of success there. A lot of national team there. guys. All right. Easy there, bud. Anyways, my point was Byron walks into a gym, looks fantastic. You got guys like Logan, you got guys like Schreimer who are maybe a little bit more system-based, a little bit more get you one-on-ones, get you stuff. Yeah, system-based guys like Logan. You know, coach tells him exactly what to do, stays within the team system. Yeah, never wavers. Total robot out there. That's you, right? I am the, yeah, that's the epitome of my game. Most technical setter out there, ball on a string, never, like, always in the same spot. Absolutely. I didn't ever hit on two or try and make flashy sets. That wasn't my game. It looked like you were trying to be like Walsh, where you'd be running towards your own bench and one, and then back set it to four and keep the guy in system somehow. <laughs> hey, I, it happened here and there. Yeah. Hey, I did that 10 out of 10 times from the back line in six. What are you talking about? Of course he's doing that. What are you saying, that Josh? Was, hey, I was trying to get on, you know, uh, Bolly pictures, you know? Yeah, you got to just make that play, even if you make it one out of five times. The clip, the one you do, now your highlight reel, you get a spot on the national team. Uh, Exactly. That's how that works. Well, at least a contract somewhere, probably in Asia. (laughs) Or Israel. (laughs) See, that's the thing that is so kind of frustrating for me and was when I was, I guess, in the system. I don't know. Like, the national team never seemed that interested in me as an indoor player. Um, maybe because they assumed I was a beach guy, which I, I kind of was. So, I mean, that was fair, but there never was this like, oh yeah, Garrett could be a national team guy one day. It was always, well, you know, I, I don't know, whatever. Right. So, but we won a lot. We were highly competitive. I think, you know, a lot of guys of my size who were winners just kind of have been not saying overlooked because the winners rise to the top for sure, but earlier on, like picked for teams, early on, like if I was six, seven, for example, when I was 15, I would have got put on the older team, Ontario. Like they would have just picked me and done that. Right. But I wasn't. So I was on the B junior, like lesser, lower team. And so, you know, does that influence my growth? I would say yes. So this is interesting because I think we're going to disagree on this one where, and in NBC, Logan, you and I, we talked about the show and I'll give a shout out to Seymour. Sometimes he encourages his athletes, you can go to a better club, but why wouldn't you stay with your club and be a starter, get the clutch points, get the reps? Where, Garrett, I think you kind of grew up in a system where, no, we're going to play up, we're going to play older. Like, Garrett, I think you won an OVA Men's Elite event when you were, like, 17, and that was not happening at that time, right? So uh, I think, Garrett, you were pushing to play up, where, Logan, it's kind of like, you can sometimes stay with your group and have a good experience, and you, it, just because you're good at 15 doesn't mean you need to play 18 You Like, Logan, am I misspeaking? We kind of discussed this briefly. Uh, I feel I feel like you might be misspeaking, Josh. I oh, think okay. I think it's a really good when you are the top of your age group. I think it's beneficial to play at an older age. I mean, I like I skipped grade two, so I was always playing up in age. Like when I was when I was oh, in high school, yeah, super smart guy. Uh, when I when I was in high school, like I was always playing up, and especially like going to tryouts. Like I when I played for BC uh, for the Thompson River Zone or Thompson Rivers Okanagan Zone for BC Summer Games. Like, I was 15, 
playing in like the 17U beach, uh, whatever, it came fourth, sure. But it's like I was because I was playing up two age groups. Okay, I think, but I think that's more beneficial than playing for the 15U indoor team for that for BC Summer Games rather than like waiting that because I would have been first year university. Yeah, but or, hold the actually, phone. BC so we, Summer Games, opposite. but no, no, but BC Summer Games, that's a picked team. It's chosen. You have to try out. Right, that's what I'm saying. Somebody yeah. picks you. It's not, yeah. hey, you have a choice here. You get picked. So okay, you played up because you were tall. I I was like 6'2", 6'3". Oh, no, and when I was 15. Yes! I was a tall 15-year-old. Yes, and a setter? 15, Come on, hold dude. Hold on. When I was 15, how old? Grade 10? He I was like six. His own bias six here, six Derek. You can't see it. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Is like if, if you were five ten, five nine, and Dude, a great my setter. Verti- my vertical at the time. I, okay, in grade nine, I had a 16 inch vertical. I was not super athletic. So even if a ball was by your feet, nobody was yelling ball. Like you. Were then no why did you get up. picked to play up, buddy? Because I was a beach monster. Oh, they knew you. I. I... <laughs> So yeah, I think we all agree if you're good enough, you're old enough. Like, I it, think we all agree that, like, yeah, that system but, works. So where I was trying to go with that is, like, I stopped playing high school tournaments uh, in grade 11. Like, I won every tournament until Provincials and then lost to Liam Berker and Irvin Brar. And we were, we were playing up in the 18U division and I was 16, whatever. Uh, the grade 12 year, that's when I started playing Clivers um, and BBC events. With uh, like I played with Brian Hebert, shout out to Hebes, uh, in the, my first ever Claver when I was like I had just turned 17 and like in May and then drove down and played in this tournament and came third. Uh, and I because I high school was not competition anymore for beach and I wanted to get to that next level and I think that's more common now. You start to see all these 17. There's some like Pierce to grief. Pierce is going to be a beast. He is like in my opinion, the best 16-year-old in the country. He's an animal. Uh, and you're seeing these young kids starting to come to Clivers and VBC events, which is great. I think I think that's huge for, for that age group because I think if you're good and you're playing in high school events, you're not going to get tested. You're not going to learn by beating up on kids your age. You're going to learn by playing against vets or older guys who play craftier or who do shots that you typically won't see from a high schooler. Right. You're going to have to learn the hard way, because let's say for that age group, you have amazing ball control and you can dummy these teams. You're going to show up against an adult and do that. No, you're going to have to learn and be like, oh, my God, we're so bad. And then you have to like you adapt. And I think that's you can grow an immense amount at that age when you like my first clever like Hebes and I uh, played Gandhi and Belesny in the semi and Gandhi. Shout out to Ryan Gandy for those who don't know him, uh, Kit's legend. He uh, he's six nine, big dude. I had never seen a block like that before. I don't think I've ever been blocked that many times in a match ever, you know. And then eventually I learned how to 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 beat him and to hit by him. But that that game, that semifinal, I got I got like obliterated, right? But it's a learning. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't That's think we're surprised, are we, Josh? Or all, but it, really. but it's like I think I think that that's a huge opportunity for kids that age. Yeah, I if totally you, agree. But I think I don't think that's the question because I think there's a lot of people who want to play and are keen to play and want to be good, right? Sure. And I think it especially shows itself 
um, in the women's game as well. And we're not really talking about that much because we, the Team Canada men are in the Olympics, but it definitely shows itself in the women's game as well. And you see a lot of youth female athletes where it's not necessarily about what are you willing to do, what do you have the resources to do, it's what do you, what do you have the opportunity to do, right? So for our sure. Team Ontario teams, for example, if you make Team Ontario or the High Performance Training Center, or I'm sure it's similar in other provinces where there's a group of players who are selected to play throughout the summer with top coaches in the province, full resources, training facilities, and a, and a tournament at the end where you get to put it all together and compete. Where yeah. kids who are not selected for that team don't play. They have nothing. There's no tournaments. There's no summer league. There's nothing. They don't play. So sure, go play beach. Go play in the Clavers. It'll be great for you. Absolutely. Not saying it's not. And people do that. But what you're missing out on by not being selected for some of these things at a young age is that opportunity to improve, which I think is some of the points that some of these folks in this thread here we're talking about are trying to make. I'll uh, I'll just quote um, in the in the uh, Invado VB shout out. Um, we're in gyms all over the province and work with club coaches and clubs all the time. We frequently see several top players move to third teams or not even selected because of their height. So many gems that we're failing to polish in Ontario and Canada, which I think is the main point here is like, okay, you know, what are we missing here? Why are we, when are we looking at kids, we're picking height and maybe over a kid who's winning, for example. And I don't have a great answer, but it doesn't feel right to me. And I question it. Well, I think I think the the rationale from that would be that we're picking the future, not necessarily who's winning in that moment. Because I think uh, at that age group, someone who let's say there's like a six, seven, sixteen year old, that kid's probably not fully developed. He's not used to his body, so he's not going to be. Let's say he's not as coordinated as a six two kid who's pretty much fully developed, who's gone through puberty, who's a man already and who is more developed right so they're they're more, they're going to be able to be more technically sound and better at volleyball my so my little tidbit to that is like okay if you have a 67 kid and a 62 kid with the exact same skill set you're going to pick the 67 kid every day why wouldn't you he's he's taller well, he's well I, i'm going to immediately question though okay same volleyball skill set same volleyball skill see, set see that's we're missing piece here sorry pardon my language i'm getting hype here, here about we we're, we're missing a piece right because yeah. you're looking at a kid oh what's their volleyball skill set when there is if if i asked you what percentage of the sport do you think is physical and what percentage do you think is mental what would you say okay uh, so no answer yeah, the question uh, answer. Uh, a large part is mental for right. sure right and we're picking based on the physical skills most of the time and I yeah. agree that we're doing that, and I would do that too. But the piece that's missing is who's the more competitive kid, and how much value does that have? We're not doing that at all, as far as I can see. So when I take a team of fourteen kids, and they're all short and terrible on my club team, and the team I'm looking across the net at takes eight kids to keep it tight, tall kids coming off the bench to whatever, I look like an idiot. Like I get people saying, "What are you doing?" Right? When I don't know, that feels right to me. Josh, you've been awfully quiet, and I just want to know if I'm burying Logan. I are you on my back, or are you are, are you with with Logan here? Well, I, I'm gonna fence it on this one, but Logan's got big shoulders. Fence it. Care. That's why we brought him. You're in gonna fence it on sharp but, guts. Uh, I, 
There's so many layers to this conversation that I, I think Logan's 6'2 to 6'7 example, that's not the example. We're talking 5'10 kids versus the 6'7 kid getting the boost. Like, at 16U, I find that's where a lot of people career, especially in the boys game, because the net goes up a little bit, and I think that mighty might baller guy, like, I think there's a natural stage in our sport where I have this, this biggest problem with parents, and I'm sure if they're listening to the show, they're not the parents, Garrett, but... I think there, there's a misconception about how volleyball changes. Wait, did you just stages, chirp right? any because... parents watching our show? So no, here's the biggest problem. We, we've all heard this as, <laughs> oh, if they're listening to this show, they're well-educated, they're well-informed. If, they, if they're okay. not, these are the parents oh, that I hate. So when you said you're sure they're not the parents, you meant it. Exactly. Okay, yeah, exactly. all right. No, sorry, I think there's interrupt. a misconception how points are earned in our sport where when you play 14U, it's probably a good tactic not to make errors, to keep the ball in play, to not be aggressive because, you know, those are the kids where you can say, oh, we're missing too many serves. But, but Logan, when you're playing U sports, how many times does your coach say, oh, we're missing too many serves because points are earned differently where if we're going to serve a muffin and they're going to pass in system, we might as well have just rolled the ball underneath the net because if we're not going to, like, make service pressure, we're going to lose that point anyways. Where I've had 18 new parents talk to me about, like, oh, you know, it's a game of errors. No, it is not. It is a game that awards athleticism and aggression, and it's not like, oh, we made too many errors, Logan. Oh, we hit many more balls than the bumps. Yeah, we also earned more kills than they did. So just keeping the ball in, hitting continues. That's not the game at a certain stage. And I also think this winner's conversation, at 16U, the net goes up, the game gets more physical, guys have careered. So I think there is a natural stage where our sport gets a little bit more physical, and that might match up with puberty, at least on the guy's side, about the lanky kid maybe figures it out. Logan, I keep talking. You're going to try to jump in here any second. But I think there's a lot of layers about people have this misconception about talent ID. I, I agree with you, Garrett. I think competitiveness, and I think that other stuff. But I, I think just because, and you hear it all the time for parents too, oh, they won 50 new provincials. They won 16 provincials. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. What did you do at 17U and 18U? Yeah. Okay. For, for I got a couple points that I want to jump on. What at a certain level, sure. At at the U sports level, errors are a hundred percent. Like keep the ball in play. Jesus Christ. I, I played at yeah. York. We one of the matches. Oh, we you know. 20, we missed 25 serves. How the fuck, sorry are you gonna win a game when you're missing 25 serves? And well, what was your point scoring? Like, the Dutchies on the beach miss 30% of their serves, and they still win games, and everyone goes, oh, they miss a lot of serves. Yeah, their point scoring is 45%. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. When you're missing, and when you're giving away an entire set in a match, it's pretty damn hard to win. When you're not, sure you'd be you're not the league in errors when they won a national championship. All right, you two, listen up. You're arguing about Ace serves. ratio means nothing. Yeah, you're arguing about serves. percent of the serves in a game. We're talking about height. You're arguing about serves. You could be a short and miss it. You could be big and miss it. We're not talking about that. Get your serve in, get an ace. Do it well, you win. We're talking about height here. And Josh, I, I think a point we're kind of missing is there's a certain threshold of physicality you need to play volleyball. You need to be able to get up over Where's the net that? and pound Where it down. Me? And like, you need to be able to do that, right? So your 16U, 17U point... There's kids who get to the point where when the net goes up, they struggle to do that. So that is a big part of the game. It's like if you can't, there's a, you have to hit it hard down. You just have to. It's volleyball. Like that's the way our game is. If you can't do that, you know, you're maybe not going to get selected. But among the kids who can do that and continue, I disagree about the winner piece. Like, what you know, like, you know, can you spike it down? Well, like, what if they both can? What if a short kid and a big kid can? What if the they're they're competitive? What if they like? There's so many factors here, right? And like, yeah. So, well, so what to 
I, I'm not super, uh, like, ride or die with my point. I'm going to hop on to Garrett's side just to make a little point. Yes. 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 I'm not I'm sitting on the fence. Now I'm on the one side. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We set it up this way. I am not saying that Garrett's right. What I'm saying in his example, hold on. Is that I'm wrong. What? Is that what? an example that I will bring? So when Tom Sora, shout out to Tom. Uh, He's been on the show. And Check I, out the episode. Yeah, we're, we're in China. Okay. We were watching finals. It was Russia against Brazil. Okay. Russia was 266 guys split blocking. Okay. Brazil was like 26162 guys split blocking. Okay. Russia was up, I, I think, 16-9 in the first set. And then uh, Brazil just started making a comeback. Eventually, Russia was up 20-16. to 16, And uh, Brazil ended up winning the set 22-20. Okay, they went after this one Russian kid, just crumbled him. Like, you could see he just broke. And then they mucked him in the second set and won the final. Okay, I will say just... It doesn't matter at a certain level, okay? At a certain level, height doesn't matter. It's how, like, because people can put the ball away. Like, Bruno is not massive, okay? Lup, uh, uh, Lupo is Lupo not massive. Lupo is massive. You almost spoke there. Lupo is like, like sorry. Nikolai is seven foot. Lupo is like six four, six five. No, no, We're I'm taller than no, six footer. No here. chance. No, I'm taller than Look Lupo. It up. Look at I've had this argument with our guys. I used to think Lupo was a mighty Mike too. He's not. No, I stand. I'm eye to eye with Lupo. So no, no, like all not... those guys are pretty big. Sore, sure, but... They're all flirting with six four, six five. Okay. Well, anyway, at a certain level, it's it's how can you put the ball away and how can you deal with adversity? It's like, are you gonna if you hit a ball out if you get blocked, are you gonna be able to come back and stay in your game and and like stay with what it does well for you? Or are you gonna be like? Oh man, that block was pretty big. I got to switch up what I'm doing, right? Are you going to be mentally tough and win, or are you going to crumble and start thinking too much? Because at that level, it it doesn't matter if you're six two or six seven. It's how are you, especially on beach? How are you going to deal with the the defense? Well, we think especially well, beach, but indoor too. I don't want the big unit who's going to fold up completely on the big stage on my team. I want the toughest guy, Matt. Matt. Maybe that's just me, but like I need that guy on my team, right? But is how can you quantify that? Are, is, is I, I, yeah, we need to like, figure it out. You're hosting a tryout. I think how do you do this. So we need to figure it out. More kids. Maybe an arm wrestle model is keep more people, more people, more people involved in the sport. You have a bigger sample size. So you're a club coach who takes 14 guys. Credit to you. Um, like, but in a in a two day tryout, Garrett, how am I doing this? Because it's easy just to say, all right, that guy's really tall. The skills kind of even. We'll take the the big dumb Gronk versus well, are we the mighty talk, Mike guy because I don't see politics here. Short gonna, court, gonna, short well, court tournament. Are we going to talk tournament? Well, one thing that I'll say, like I I I think politics and nepotism have a little bit of a play in and and some of the issues that go on. I think it's somebody it's, who plays for their dad, right? Well, so yeah, but like we know might, nothing it, about that on this show. <laughs> There's so, no nepotism here. There's no special treatment for family. But, it's fully just straight up. To, to be honest, I got when I was going and high like as the coach's kid, like I got worked twice as hard because if you get worked harder, then it seems equal. But if you get treated equal, then it seems like you're getting favorited, right? So. I def I ran the most amount of lines out of anyone on that team, bar none. So were you and in the I best shape? By the end of it, yeah. Yes, 
That's that's favoritism. <laughs> no, it is not. Yes. Because I had more than everybody else. That is favoritism. He made you better. No. Okay. But anyway, I'm talking connections at the national team. Oh. I think it, Depending on what name you, names, name names. Well, I don't I trust your source name here. Names. Names. Connections but, at the national team. Okay, this I'm, is different. I'm thinking like what university you go to. Oh, who your, who your, your coach. coach is, who like who's your family? Who, where are the connections? Like, I I know for a fa- like when I went to the last B team tryouts that I went to, immediately. A bunch of us got shoved onto the far court that had no chance at making the team. Immediately. I had no chance at gameplay. It was ridiculous. I was like, I just led the OUA in assists. I was a t- I led I led the OUA in aces. I was like, how am I not? I was like, I just clocked 110 kilometers on my spin server. You're not gonna look like No, you didn't. Like, You're hitting continues. Was, the other team's like, passing fours off you. I was like, you're you're not gonna let me pl- do gameplay where I thrive. Like, sorry, I'm not technical, but I'm big and I hit on two and I make a sick offense. You're not gonna let me show what makes me good. Dope, cool. So I think, uh, yeah, I think politics definitely definitely has a play. You know. So does uh, Nishida have a connection with some Japanese national team thing? Is hey, that why he got in there and is dominating? He's good. He's great, and he deserves it. But is that why he got the chance? Hey, you know, I feel bad for that 6'8 Japanese kid who's really good, but he didn't have the connection, and Nishida got That's him. a whole different narrative. Oh, my oh, gosh. That's a whole different story, and I like the point, though. Because I, I, I think if you go to – because if you – so especially for going pro, too, I think if you go to a reputable university, okay, if you go to Trinity, if you go to Mac, if you go to U of A, right, if you go to these schools that have the that pedigree – that the like that Europe is like oh these good players have also come from these schools it's going to be way easier to get a contract if you graduate from one of those schools and you're like hey look I have this game tape whereas I went to a school that typically doesn't have that pedigree right there's a handful of us like I mean Arthur shout out to Arthur Schwartz playing on the national team at the Olympics right now was in my recruiting class big beauty okay Ray Zito still playing pro um like there's a like uh Alex Duncan Tebow, I, th- I don't know if he's going to go back over, but... Well, yeah, and I- your coach was a, a complete nimrod, let's be honest. John May, I mean, just has no business being a part of any sort of program at any time whatsoever. So, I mean, how's that makes, for nepotism? He, he makes you feel good about yourself. Well, um, but you're not making the national team. No, so... But that's the thing. It's like if you can, if let's say I had my game tape from one of those universities, I probably would have had a better uh, contract in my first year plan. Maybe I would have been in. So, but Josh, I mean, the point is being made and it makes you think, does that not mean then that at like at the national team, at the university national team level, the decisions are being made by a few people for who they take on their team, then who then gets to go to the next level potentially, or who gets the edge you got to assume that it might be the same case at the provincial level for these other teams where people get the chances. Like I never thought about that, but you could have somebody who a small percentage of people who are making the decisions and perpetuating this picking the big kid over everybody else type mentality. Maybe it's not on mass. Maybe it's just a few people. I think that's part of it, Garrett. And as somebody who's been on a bunch of selection committees, I think you get so, 
you're so aware of it. Like you don't want to like, I obviously don't have any nepotism situations, but you want to be so transparent that if there are any appeals, you want to be clear. So you set up these rubrics and the scoring system and physicality and you weigh certain things versus other things that like you're, you're so afraid to almost take a stance where I feel like other countries are just like coach selects it. And some people respect it because they, they make the right decisions or they have a track record. I don't know what the story is, but I feel like at least in Ontario, the, the programs I've been around, you're so afraid of that appeal. And if somebody does appeal, you want to be so above board and transparent that you overdo it. And I think these metrics drive selections, Garrett, where you're right. I don't have a metric for mental strength or for, for getting it done in the clutch or if they get slammed, do they roll the next ball? Like we don't, we don't build that factor in where you're talking about like when, when you're, in a third set, don't you want the mentally tough kid versus the kid who scored higher on this metric that we invented so we don't get an appeal? Like, right, but what do you have on there? Do you have coachability? Do you have future potential? Yeah. Do you have a bunch of yes. other subjective criteria? So there's some that are like locked in. Like your physical stuff to me, that's just, that that's evaluation friendly. You touch this high, so therefore you fit into this slot and you get For this sure. score. It's hard to argue uh, against that. Would, yeah, your results would be locked in because, again, that fits into a metrics that if, like, you finish fifth at a four-star and I've only been to the Quebec Grand Prix, well, then those would be weighed separately, right? So there's stuff like that. But then, yeah, international potential, coachability, uh, planning and professionalism. Like, I think there, there's a few things that, like, are very important. Don't get me wrong, are very important. But how do I measure Logan as a professional versus Lupo versus Taylor Crab, where Taylor Crab's like a whiskey spokesperson? But gosh darn it, can he not side out? Right, and I just looked it up. Lupo six three, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I told you, I die with Lupo. I told you. <laughs> yes. But anyways, I think there's a lot of characters in our sport where the the funniest story I've ever heard about talent ID was was Leonard Krop was telling me a story about Germany, and there was there was a defender there that nobody wanted. Like none of the centers, none of the coaches. They're just like, we don't want this kid. They don't want this kid. Was it and Julius Brink? Six day in a row. I think it, it might have been him. It, it was a name I recognized. It was definitely a, a guy who turned out to be a guy on the world tour. And at the youth level, all these center coaches, all the national team coaches didn't want him. And Leonard went, ran a pretty tough, like, six-day tryout. And he went through the numbers, and he goes, guys, he's the only one still max jumping, the only one still hitting, the only one doing, like, these things. It's like, we are not cutting this kid, even though he doesn't make curfew. You hate him. He's hard to be around. He's like, this kid is a physical unicorn. We have to take him based on these things. So uh, I think you have to know what you're looking for and have a grading system that, that rewards that too, right? Well, for sure, and that's ideal. But it's kind of funny to me that when you describe the selection systems in some of these places, trying to really put it to a good place. And I think it's a valiant effort. Like, I, I don't want to say stop trying to do this, but... The funny thing is, is that what you would put on there would be professionalism, uh, you know, coachability, things that are highly subjective. But what you wouldn't include, if you're going to put subjective stuff on there, why not put competitiveness, mental toughness, like, you know, those sort of, I don't, I don't say... I believe mental toughness or, or clutch or some sort of phrase are, are in there as I spill the beans of our whole thing. But it is transparent because we want the athletes to know what they are being graded on too, right? So, um, yeah, it, it's a tough one, Gary, because you, you want to be so open with it and you want to look for certain things. But I, I would love to be in the draft room of an NFL team or an NHL team. But, like, what do they do when they make their pick, right? Like, or or like I, you mentioned, I think the, the men's indoor team, they're pretty famous for plus minus and they have their stats and stuff, right? Like, I don't know. I'd like to see what other sports do because – there has to be a subjective element to a point, Garrett, but at what point are you kind of looking for something that's going to be a difference maker in a match, right? Yeah, it's a good point. And talent ID, we get it wrong all the time. Like, we just get it wrong all the time. You look at, like, draft picks in other sports, they're always 
star players who miss getting drafted in the top round and always does like it just always happens right so i think everybody's trying to get better at identifying you know who's gonna eventually become really great um but to me in canada it seems like the piece we're missing is who's great right now like who's winning who's great right now let's let's use them let's get some of that there's got to be something there um i would question that that from a, a just from our again our system like i don't have the numbers in front of me but if i were to do a study like every once in a while not every once in a while every time there's a youth event we'll run a youth trials and the winner goes to the tournament very evaluation friendly you win you go and every once in a while we'll get a logan mand or a tom sora and it'll work out and you'll get a garrett may but every once in a while we'll get a five nine guy who's going to go to u19 worlds because he can ball out or he can side out or he can do this stuff and we never see him again. So the longevity or the international potential there, like sometimes when you award the youth level of who's the best right now, sometimes they don't turn out. Or sometimes you do get a, a Garrett May. Like it just, it is kind of a, a crapshoot that way too, right? Where I, I like the tournament format. Obviously we couldn't do it this year with COVID, so we had to go to a selection. But I, I think the tournament is so evaluation friendly and everyone knows where they stand. But sometimes it doesn't reward at the end of the day that we, the kid who goes to U21 Worlds is going to be a senior national team player someday. But I also think the tournament style also kind of sucks for BC kids. You know, had yeah. I not been living in Toronto, I don't think I would have gone to those trials. Like, had I not been at York, I don't think I would have gone to Worlds because I wouldn't have been connected up with Tom Sora. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known. I didn't. I wouldn't have wanted to fly out and spend a fifteen hundred dollars on a flight and then trials and then maybe not winning trials and having to fly back home. Like for for kids that live on the West Coast or Alberta or Saskatchewan or Manitoba, Toronto is not the center of the universe. You know, I think there needs to be for for beach. Wait, I what? Think what do you? No, hang on. I'm not sure I'm we can of have that on the show happening here. You're talking about what? It's not. Sorry, this is news. Like we, you need to educate us. Sorry to drop the bomb on you guys. Yeah, like, like that. this is news to me. I so we covered to... nepotism. Are you saying the only reason Garrett went to Worlds is because he's from Toronto? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll take that over the other options that some people have offered. So, yep, it's absolutely because I'm from Toronto. And we're that's it on the record now. If anybody asks, hey, Garrett, why'd you get all- oh, I'm from Toronto. I'm just, it's, I'm just from Toronto. I mean, and that's fine. I'll take it till was, I die. There was a better kid from Sask, but we sent Garrett because he was local and he could come to the trial. I will take that over the other options any day. <laughs> but I think there needs to be more of a West Coast presence or more. So here's my dream. Canada makes a tour of provincial stops, right? Team like Volleyball Canada needs to create a tour, okay, with Vancouver Open type tournaments in every single province. You're talking beach okay? or indoor because those are very different beasts. Beach. Yeah, well, beach. listen, you're talking to two people who know very well the challenges, trials, and tribulations of yeah. a national tour, having yeah. experienced it in my lifetime. And it's just not going to happen. What's yeah, next, Logan? You're going to tell us we just need sponsors? That's all we need is we need sponsors, and all of a sudden it's going to happen? You're telling yeah, me you might not take a $1,500 ticket to go to Worlds? You're talking about somebody do the same thing to go to some random tournament? No. Right? Yeah, they go to the Josh Nickel Invitational in Windsor, Ontario? Like, I'd go to that. I would go to that. <laughs> I'll be in Windsor for the Josh Nickel Invitational, but I got your back. I don't know why I just take Windsor. I would probably have it in Concordia or something. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway I I think for I mean even for, for like national team tryouts, even for the youth level, or I think if you're living in BC, like that's a maybe you don't have the resources, you don't have the financial help, you know, 
maybe there's some talented kids that just don't have that access and they're just not going to make it out to Gatineau or they're not going to go to uh, to Toronto to the trials, right? I think, I mean, Dan Caverly went. He was amazing. He got shafted, you know? I think there's, maybe there's a little bit of bias. Sorry, shafted for what? Because you're talking about somebody who's my age now. So Dan, let's be Dan careful Caverly, here. Dan Caverly went to uh, those trials. I think that was... Was he playing with Chow? I there was I think that was similar time to Plantinga. There was something that went on and kinda yeah. Well I, you're talking about know. years that I was at every single national team trial, training center, tryout, whatever. Oh. So let's be specific here, Logan, because I got the deets. I don't have the specific deets. I just know that something happened. Yeah, nothing happened the wrong way. I don't yeah. I don't remember that ever. So maybe okay. that maybe I need to get educated, but I mean maybe Mike Plantinga got picked because he was big. Okay, Caverly is the man. I, <laughs> I when I, I went to my first and only Cliver Logan, I was convinced after leaving there because I was there with you and Tom, and that was part of our Canada Games prep. I was convinced Alex Russell and Dan Caverly were the two best guys in the country, not on the national team right now. And thank goodness we got Alex Russell. But yes, I, I agree that. It's tough because high performance is not meant to be inclusive, so I don't want to use the word inclusive, but I think there needs to be a model that the provinces feel like they are valued and cared about, whether it's me as a national team guy going to different provinces and maybe running a camp or watching a tournament or just being more available, because the geography in Canada is hard, and I'm sure other sports faces that when you have one center and you pick that, that other provinces are going to feel slighted, but I think... Yes, it makes more sense for me to maybe fly to BC than expect eight BC kids, excuse me, to fly to Toronto, right? So there is a cost there. So I think hopefully we can find a solution for that. But at the end of the day, we are kind of a centralized program. So maybe we need to ID younger and go to them. And then maybe then once you've invested in them, they'd be willing to come to Toronto to a tryout, right? I think we just need a, a top volley in Canada, you know, follow the Norway route. We just need to have a volleyball academy, you know, where all the top volleyball players go and then they go to school there. And we'll have it in Winnipeg. <laughs> yes, the center of Canada. Hey, hey, you don't want to come to Toronto? Let's go to Winnipeg, Logan. Let's put your money where your mouth is. Let's hey, go to Winnipeg. Hey, Winnipeg is great. We had Canada games there. It's honestly not that the bugs were not bad. You know, I anticipated the worst, and it was actually quite nice. I mean, no, let's, go even further. let's go to Halifax. Beautiful. N- nicest people. No, that is dumb. Okay? You, <laughs> that is dumb. We're not going to Halifax. We're not going to go to the complete coast and make everybody go as far as freaking possible. I'm no, talking central. Beach, East I'm, coast, best coast. They I'm, probably have an international airport. That we're closer to fine. Europe. Look at a map. Well, if we're talking places to put a center, you want to talk somewhere that you it's can play Atlanta. outside the longest. It's Atlanta. Duh. I mean, you're playing beach in March, October. April. Like you can play beach. There were guys playing beach year round at Kits. That's a bit insane. That's a bit insane. But it was happening. You can you can play in booties, you know? You wear sweats and a long sleeve and you're good. That's commitment, Josh. And we as a country have failed to tap into that community. So Logan, you gotta reshare this episode with all your friends out there, so, Kits Beach, all the BC community, and say, Hey, come aboard. Let's work together. Well, Let's be friends. I, I wanna meet so, these people. Oh, they're fantastic. So I what Ontario is lacking is the I think the elite like you you stop share, it right there. <laughs> don't even say what you were going to No, say. I'm ready. I'm ready to you, be on your side with this, but you, make it a good sh- point. Okay. You show up to Ashbridge's, you do your two hours of training, and then you leave. Okay. At Kits, you show up to Kits, you train, you hang out, 
Maybe you have a beer. You're hanging out with the crew. Like back when Challenge Court was in his prime, COVID kind of threw a wrench in things. Challenge Court's starting to make a comeback. And I think because of COVID, it's starting to be more like Ontario, where there's just like you go to your practice and it's not as fun as it used to be. But Kits used like Kits still has a great community aspect. I think it's the best volleyball community in the country, bar none. Uh, the support, the the age that like the age groups that you bring in, the the longevity of like there are guys in their fifties playing still. I think it's amazing. What I think it, like Ontario lacks is just the community aspect. I think you go down on Challenge Court back in the day, Johnny Whiskar could be there, you know, and then he'd pick up Kyle Persacco. Right, you any any level of player at Kits can play with any level of player at Kits on Challenge Court, right? It's very welcoming. Okay, you could be an out of towner. You come up and you write your name on the list, and then you get paired up with somebody and you play a game on Challenge Court. And if you lose, tough, you're off, but you're you're included. And I think that's amazing for the beach volleyball community. Is just you go down any day of the week. Challenge Court's running. I want to play beach volleyball. Sweet, write your name on the list. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll agree with you with the community thing. I, I would also probably go to say it's maybe the only true volleyball community in the country. I can't really yeah. I can't really name one that I would say, hey, oh, well, what about this? I mean, there's a few communities in Toronto that aren't really connected with the high performance group. So that's why I mean, I think it's like the truest kind of full circle community. And I'm yeah. kind of jealous of that. I think it's a, it's a huge strength there that we're missing out on for sure. We're also missing like the cross country community connection too, right? Like uh, all those folks out of kits, like ha have no connection to national team players or know who they are or anything going on. So that when the BC folks get up there, it's like, Hey, yeah, we know them. They're us, but anyone else it's like, well, yeah, well, no, I don't, we don't even it's know who they are. Right. Uh, Garrett, they're, they're counting your hugs on a board at Van Open. They're calling us on terrible. Like, it's not that they're just like, man, I don't know this guy. They're making it a little unwelcoming, just a little bit. Yeah, which, which I get. And I will say, nobody's coming up to me after that tournament saying, hey, man, sorry about that. Welcome. Like, we're happy to have you here. Not that, I don't know. I would kind of be nice, right? Not that I expect that. But that would go a long way. If, hey, you skyball once, the crowd is on your side. Yeah, that's on but you, see, bro. that's the thing. Hey, then the, you're the, trying to win. The U.S. Hey, win with a skyball. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. No, hey, it's not a thing here. Hey, did Harley and Luciano skyball? Yeah, they got the crowd on their side, 100%. They played the, who are the... Josh, you, were you Stop. There? It's way no. easier to get on the side of a Brazilian guy coming in to beat up on some Ontario guys no. than to say an Ontario guy coming in. It was Brazilian. And Paul sees this big hero. How did he do at the Edmonton three-star? Like, we're all ready to plan this parade because he did so well at the Van Open. Like, check his BBB, bud. Like, he's not that great. Who? He did not do well <laughs> at the three-star. But they played this U.S. team who just, like, would not, like, had no sense of humor, had no entertainment value for the crowd. And we just like went after them. Like, yeah, got, that's awful. No, that's great. You're no, it's not. Anything. That's yeah, saying no. don't come here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you just said you're so inclusive. It's the so inclusive. Thing. Anybody put their name on challenge court. But if you're not from here, we'll chirp the shit out of you. That is challenge court. That is. Not, I'm not talking about Van Open. Van Open is a different animal. It's a different beast. It's the okay? same community. No, it's not because it's literally it, the exact same. Community. It's not. Do you know how many non-volleyball players are in the in the crowd at the beer garden? Okay, I a don't. Lot. Yeah, like the beer garden is just full of people, and there's like a handful. I'm not. I'm so not who? So you're saying non-volleyball people are coming out and chirping? 
Maybe they No did. way! I'm calling bullshit here, Logan Mend. Hey, You're trying to slide wait, some wait, stuff by us. It's hey, not happening. Are we going to cheer for both sides? No, you're going to pick a team, and you're going to cheer for that team and cheer for the other team. That's how it goes. Yes, for sure. But what I'm saying is, is there's a way to do that in a very welcoming way. The hug count, I thought was fun. And it didn't make me feel like, you're not welcome here. Right? That It was yeah. like, that's fun. You're, you're, you're kind of having fun with it. Great. Chirping a team who's just from the U.S. and they're not fun. It's like, don't come here. We don't want you here. Look at these guys they, taking this game seriously because they want to win. Some like, what are you trying to win? Like, you, look at you, 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 you're an idiot. You're trying to be focused. What are you doing here? Hey, Garrett, remember when we talked about mental toughness? No, no, I've forgotten that. So, I mean, does I that think, say something? I think maybe they should have been more mentally tough. Why? Why was the blocker wearing leggings? It was 28 degrees. It was 30 degrees. We were just tell him that he was wearing pants. You know, maybe we went a little too he knew. hard at them. No, sure. he knew, though. Sure. But he absolutely knew that he was wearing yeah. pants. He put them yeah. on. And we let him know. So, All right. So I, I see it, it's a little bit of a great community, but only if you're in it. If you're not yeah. in it, yeah. it, it's not so great. I don't think it's about where you're from. I think it's how you are on the court. I Do I get cheered for? No. Gabe and I have no fans. That's not like that's well, not how it let's goes. Let's be honest. You're playing with Gabe Berlaku. Like, come on. You wouldn't have any fans across the country. Like, let's. Well, I didn't Gabe, have, come on the show and defend yourself. But. I didn't have fans when I was playing with Mav either. But you know, what are you gonna do? It's just how it goes. Well, you know, they, they got to cheer for the underdogs. You know what I'm saying? See, now that Mav is retired, very lovable. Mav is a player. He had his moments. Watch me. Watch me. I'm coming out to BC one of these days. I'm going to bring Mav and we're going to come dominate you guys and then chirp everybody. Do it? No, I, I don't chirp. I, only on sharp cuts. <laughs> See, but now I'm not fun to watch. Damn it. We got to have the, uh, the, uh, we got to have dull cuts where we're just super nice the whole time. Yeah. We, yeah. We usually call that pillow fight, but I think dull cuts is an even better name actually yeah and you we should have some dull cuts actually josh we should just do like one episode where we have a bunch of people from across the country and tell them how great they are <laughs> we just all agree on everything yeah we it's get like, like a one person from each province who we know hey come on the show let's talk about how great saskatchewan is we love saskatchewan and saskatchewan volleyball well done great idea logan thanks for bringing that Thank to the you. show well i'm gonna end the show because we're having fun. We could go all night, but our our viewers have long left. I mean, I'm sorry to say, you guys, they're not listening anymore. Like Tom Sora is the only one left at an hour and six minutes. He heard his Hang name it. earlier, and he thought he might stay around to listen to see if he heard his name again. But he, he I mean, he I did. Know. You mentioned yeah. him again. So thanks, Tom, for Probably watching. Probably, just put it on faster speed. Put it on one and a half or two times speed, and you can get through all of our content, Gary, because we're just pumping out an episode every week. So if you're new to the show and you want to catch up, put it on two times speed and get on it. That's a great tip. I never do that. I should start doing that. That's smart. You won't go back once you do, because you're just absorbing so much more content. Like Josh, did you skip a grade? You're pretty smart. <laughs> no, no, I like how you brought that up twice now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, aren't your parents teachers? Is there some nepotism involved in that? <laughs> All right. We're going to tear each other apart if we don't close this thing down. Uh, thanks, Logan, for being here with us. Uh, we appreciate your thoughts and perspective, and I look forward Thank to getting you. to know that BC community a lot better, and hopefully you, you got to, hey, make the connection. Let's go. But yeah. uh, thank well, you, viewers, for joining us. Else, they're tall, Garrett. Are they? I mean, we don't know. Maybe they're picking based on skill. Who knows? 
You guys, nope. I'm trying to end the damn episode, and we got more to say. All right, Josh, you end the episode then. Well, new episodes every Monday. Thanks for listening. We do really appreciate it. That's the only reason we do the show, Garrett. I mean, we, we like to talk every week, but we put it on the internet for you, the listeners. So thanks for, for checking us out. If you want to check out our old stuff, you can you can watch us on YouTube or the podcast version is on anywhere you get your podcasts. Like usually Apple and Spotify are most popular, but wherever you get your podcasts, you can get this. Hey, don't forget to like and subscribe. Smash that like <laughs> button down below. Hit the bell.